Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Horror Story is a podcast about strange and mysterious true horrors. My name is Edwin Covarrubias, host and producer of Horror Story. In the show, I have an episode called There's a Stranger in Your Walls. And it's about a woman that moved out of her home because she thought it was being haunted. But the truth happened to be even scarier than the ghosts. Other stories dive deep into the supernatural, like the one of the most infamous cases of real ghosts, called The Haunting in San Pedro. But if you're into mysteries, learn about the pilot who disappeared in the sky. All of these and more are available on Horror Story right now, with more episodes coming out every single week. You can search for the podcast by typing in Horror Story on your podcast app right now. The show is the one with the yellow letters. I'll see you over there on Horror Story. The following program is a production of Chilling Entertainment and the creative team at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and a proud member of the Simply Scary Podcast Network. Visit simplyscarypodcast.com to learn more about this and our other weekly storytelling programs and become a patron today to show your support and get instant access to our extensive archive of downloadable ad-free tales of terror. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Today's episode of the Simply Scary Podcast is brought to you by Robin Hood. Robin Hood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. They strive to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy, providing a non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. And today, Robinhood is giving our listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Sign up now on simplyscary.robinhood.com to let them know that the Simply Scary podcast sent you. Again, that's simplyscary.robinhood.com. I'll be back after tonight's first story to tell you a little bit more about Robin Hood. Until then, snuggle up with a nice warm blanket and get cozy. It might just come in handy when your blood runs cold. <laughs> Stay tuned, the show is about to begin. Ha 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 
<laughs> Step right up and prepare to be unsettled. You've left behind your safe reality and fallen into darkness. There is no escape, and there is no reprieve. Welcome to the Simply Scary Podcast, Season 3, Episode 10. I'm your host, Otis Jarry, host of Scary Stories Told in the Dark Podcast, which is also available now from Chilling Entertainment, with 45 episodes of our own to help satisfy your craving for the sinister. You can find our show and more of me on iTunes and wherever else podcasts are found, or on the show's page at simplyscarypodcast.com. Tonight I'll be filling in for GM Danielson, and this evening I'll be your guide through the twisted worlds and disturbed imagination of four amazing authors, as their tales are told by talented voice actors Andrew Christian, Ian Bryan, Angel Van Skoek, and Seth Paul. Tonight's tales concern everything, from blood-curdling books to deceptive diaries, natal nightmares, and invasive intentions. Now, it's time for our descent into depravity. There's no turning back now. So, take your seats in this, our theater of the mind. Get your ticket ready and prepare yourself. The show is about to begin. <laughs> Our first tale tonight is written by Sean Kelly and performed by Andrew Christian. If you'd like to hear more of author Sean Kelly, the author invites you to check out his collection of short stories for sale on Amazon entitled The Night Doctors and to visit his profile on Reddit where he posts his terrifying fiction on various subreddits under the alias The Ancient Marinade, all one word. And if you enjoy tonight's tale, the author would like you to know it will be available in print alongside other fearsome fiction in his next collection, The Bottomless Box and Other Stories, due out in winter of 2019. Without further ado, I present to you Sean Kelly's tale, Laszlo's Book. I've read that some old French guy said, Hell is other people. I think you only said that because they didn't have middle schools when he was alive. We all go through it like Dante with a lunch plan. Most kids are desperate to be liked, to fit in, to avoid being ostracized. I'd compare it to prison except there you don't have to worry about what you wear. Both places you get in a group or a gang and stick with it for identity and protection. It's good practice for high school. Everyone finds their tribe. Everyone, but me, that is. I? Well, I found Laszlo. I'd transferred to a new school after my old one burned down. It was more or less the same distance from my house, but in the opposite direction. Might as well have been on the moon. I didn't know a soul, and they didn't want to know me. There were a few kids from my old school, but they found new friends and pretended not to know me, except to gossip and tell everyone I was a loser. What did I ever do to them? Didn't matter. Laszlo and I were both social rejects. Of course we were going to end up hanging out with each other. 
I ran into him on the end of my first day. No, really. I was running around the back of the school after I spotted some bullies working over a kid. Didn't want to catch their eye, so I slinked away and was walking at a fast clip around the corner when I tripped over Laszlo. He was on his knees in the shade of the building wall doing something over one of those candles in the glass cup like you see in church. He was waving his hands all around and chanting a poem or something. He didn't even see me for a few moments. Then he clapped his hands so hard the candle went out, yelled a word I didn't know and looked up at me. He had a crooked smile that split his acne-covered face beneath a mop of hair that looked like a copper scrub pad. I was too startled to say anything, so we both looked at each other for a moment in silence. Then we heard the scream. Hot damn, it worked! The smile exploded into a grin as he jumped to his feet and ran back the way I'd come. Totally confused, I followed. A bunch of kids were crowded around the lead bully. He was lying on the ground in a beetle position, clutching his head and screaming. One of the teachers ran up. What the hell happened? Who hit him? No one, one kid said. He just fell down and started yelling. Laszlo barely stifled a snorting laugh. The teacher noticed him with a frown sent all of us away as he called 911. I found myself walking towards home with Laszlo, who seemed very amused with himself. I did it, he finally said. I did that. How, I asked. It was in the book I found. A grim something. It's full of magic spells. There's spells for everything. Make a girl like you. Get money, even hurt someone. There's lots of those. I thought about things for a moment while we walked. How did you know that bully was going to be there? Jerry? He's always pulling stuff like that. Picks on the kids who can't fight back. He gave me notice last week at lunch. Gonna find you soon, he said. Well, I found him first. By now we were walking down a street of older houses. He stopped at a particularly drab one and opened the chain link gate. My name's Laszlo, by the way. Don't think I've seen you around before. I'm Ray, I said, and we shook hands like adults do. Pleased to meet you, Ray. He paused and grinned again. Wanna see that book? Like he had to ask. Sure. All right, come on in. The inside of Laszlo's house was as drab as the outside. Looking back, I have to wonder if whoever did the decorating was colorblind. He threw his backpack on the kitchen chair. My parents won't be home till later. How about your brothers and sisters? Got none. He went into another room for a moment, then came back with a big, leather-bound book that he put on the kitchen table. Here it is. I found it in my Grandpa Pavel's house when he died. He had a special closet that was chock full of weird stuff. Wavy knives, little statues, even a big cup like you see at church. This was the only thing I could sneak out before my mom found the closet, and boy, did she freak out. He opened the cover. I could tell from the way the text was printed that it was an old book, older than paint. The front page had the title, Grimoire du Soleil Noir, translated from the French by Patrick Moore, Chipwith and Sons, London, 1804? I know now from my adult research that this was a textbook, a complete system of magic that predated Crowley, Levy, and all the rest. Reverend Wollstonecraft had considered mentioning it and more in his Lives of the Necromancers, but refrained out of concern it might encourage others to seek it out. It was one of a hundred privately printed copies. It was rare, 
It was potent, and had I the power, I would reach back through time and set a match to it. But on that day, to my little middle school mind, it was the most awesome thing in the world. There was a section on dealing with the dead, another on potions and poisons, and page after page of magic rituals and spells. Most pages had notes scribbled in the margins. Several hands had made observations and added formula all over the place. There were also a few loose pages stuffed inside the back cover with additional spells. I said exactly what you'd expect a 13-year-old boy to say. Cool! I know, right? Laszlo flipped to a page in the middle. This is the one I used on Jerry. And this, he said as he flipped to another, is one I used to get Miss Poldark to stay home on the day of the big test. Gave her cramps. He showed me a few others, but it was all Greek to me. I mean, it didn't look like Greek. It was all in English. But what little I did read was full of words like Widdershins and Arcane and Baphomet. There were plenty of drawings that looked like someone had had a seizure while using a spirograph. I bet Laszlo read it with a dictionary open and Google up on his computer. Nah, it's like a cookbook. You follow the directions. Something about that didn't quite jive with me. The book was too complicated looking to be that simple. But what did I know? Laszlo was talking from experience. It was right around then that his mom came home, so he quickly put the book back in his room and we spent some time playing Xbox. When I got home that night, I looked up Laszlo's book online. There wasn't a lot about it. The Wikipedia page was a stub. I found one of those homemade occult sites that mentioned a copy of it went down with the Titanic, and that there was a secret copy for faculty use only at the Widener Hall at Harvard. That was pretty much it. So I started searching on the word grimoire. I learned that there were lots of grimoires from ancient times, like one called the Greek Magical Papyri. There were a whole bunch from the Renaissance and even some from modern times. And there were warnings, like the one entry that said, the writers of grimoires and all chemical texts would often write their works in code, using names and phrases known only to their fellow adepts. More, they were prone to making intentional errors in their rituals and formula in order to confound the tyro. Such errors would be obvious to the mages and so easily corrected. Persons attempting to recite the contents verbatim would endure frustration and failure, or suffer the consequences of contacting forces beyond their understanding without taking the necessary precautions. I couldn't help but be curious what the author meant by necessary precautions. I've never been a reckless guy, even as a kid. Measure twice, cut once, my dad would say, and I took it to heart. So over the next few days, I started reading up. I didn't know it then, but this was the beginning of a lifelong study of the occult. It was total amateur hour, of course. Websites and old encyclopedia entries. I even joined a couple of Facebook forums on magic. My first question to the group drew a lot of responses. What's the first thing you'd teach me if I wanted to learn grimoire magic? Haters aside, I got a few responses. First thing I'd teach you is there's no such thing as grimoire magic. That's a book, not a system. He then went on for several paragraphs. Another guy said, 
I tell you not to bother, you'll only get yourself in trouble. Stuff like that. But it was a woman who called herself Belle of the Ball, B-A-A-L, haha, that replied, A banishing ritual. Ever see Mickey Mouse in Fantasia, The Sorcerer's Apprentice? A simple spell went horribly wrong, and it nearly killed him because he couldn't banish it. You need to do a banishing ritual at the start and finish of every magical operation. The first to ensure there's nothing hanging around that might interfere. The second to get rid of whatever you've invoked. You're only asking for trouble if you don't. I ended up meeting Belle years later. Boy, that was a hoot. I'll tell you about it some other time. She included in her post a link to a page with a banishing ritual from an old group of magicians called the Golden Dawn. Most of their other stuff was too, well, stuffy. But the banishing ritual was simple enough even for me. I bookmarked it and read it till it was burned into my brain. It was a few days later before I hung out with Laszlo again. We didn't have any classes together, and I didn't see him in the halls. In the interim, one of the gym teachers got sent to the hospital after collapsing with bad cramps during a game. I saw him puke up a bunch of ants while the EMTs were putting him on the gurney, and a girl in our grade named Sally Perkins had some kind of freakout in the halls, screaming that there was a black cloud full of eyes following her. She didn't come back to school for a while after that. When I did finally talk to Laszlo again, he had a grin on his face like someone who had a secret to tell. Hey Ray, want to come over later tonight? I want to try something in the book and I could use some help. Uh, okay, sure. What do you want to do? There's a ritual calling for a magical helper. I want to give it a try. I couldn't help but think of Mickey drowning as an endless line of brooms with buckets dumped water in his head. He must have seen the look on my face. What? It's all in there. Everything we need. I just need a second person to do some stuff. What you say? I should have said no. But I didn't. The desire to try some real magic was too strong. Okay. Let's do it. Laszlo got even more excited. Cool. Come on over after dinner. My parents are going out for the night. We can do what we want. I got there right about sundown. Laszlo answered the door in a red robe that looked homemade. Hey, good timing. I was just finishing setting up. We went into the back den where he'd pushed aside the furniture to clear the center of the room. There he'd drawn a circle in some white powder on the hardwood floor. I smelled a familiar odor. It's Kitty Fresh Carpet Cleaner, he said with self-satisfaction. That way I can vacuum it up after and my parents will never know. I nodded and kept looking around. There were tea light candles at five spots outside the circle. A TV tray held the books, some matches, a Ziploc bag of something gray, and a big butcher's knife. We're good to go, so we can get started right away. Take off your shirt. What? The book says you need to be shirtless. It's part of the ritual. Dude, that's... Okay, fine. I said with a huff. I took off my shirt and threw it on a chair as he went around and lit the candles with matches. Now what? 
Laszlo looked a bit nervous, edgy. Was he really sure that whatever he was doing was going to work? Maybe he was afraid his parents would come home early. Whatever it was, he seemed eager to get on with it. Okay, you kneel right there in front of the circle while I recite the ritual. We looked at each other for a moment before I shrugged and did as he asked. I didn't like the feel of this at all. Was he about to play a prank on me? I imagined him dumping a bucket of goo on my head like some old Nickelodeon sketch. He picked up the book instead and standing behind me opened it to a bookmarked page. After a somewhat dramatic clearing of his throat began to chant. I won't tell you what he said largely because I don't remember most of it. What I do remember is watching the change in the circle in front of me. The candles seemed to burn a little brighter as the air outside took on a reddish hue. I thought it was a gag at first. Maybe Laszlo had gone downtown and picked up some cheap DJ lights, put a red one somewhere behind me to make the effect. Then a swirling mist of black dust started to thicken in the red light, moving and coming together. Eventually it formed the shape of a tall, slim man dressed like someone out of a Christmas carol complete with a top hat, cane, a man of wealth and taste. I was dumbfounded. What had I seen? This guy just appears out of nowhere right in front of me. He stood there in the circle and glowered at me with silent disapproval like he had been expecting chocolate and got tuna fish instead. Then he looked up past me at Laszlo and said in a posh Hertfordshire accent, What the bloody hell is this mess? I knelt there in shock as Laszlo fumbled behind me. Ugh, I, uh... You fucking amateur, the stranger continued. What have you got there? The Solenor in English, lazy clod. He glanced at me and jabbed his cane dangerously close to my face as he went on. And what's your excuse for this, eh? It clearly states in there that the sacrifice is to be a virgin girl of marrying age. I blinked hard at that. Sacrifice? The stranger went on. That looked like a girl to you. Bloody stable boy is what he is. Scrawny one, too. Scrawny, I said, a bit hurt. He didn't bother to look at me. Oh, shut up. I heard Laszlo pick up something with a scraping sound. It must have been the butcher's knife. He began shouting in a shaky voice. I command thee in the name of Prospero, of Lago, and of Pock to bow to my dominion. Right, look, sport, those are not the names of power. They're characters from Shakespeare. The pen may be mightier than the sword, but it don't cut here. I couldn't help but laugh a little. The posh man glanced at me and pointed. See, he gets it. Laszlo was losing his cool. Next thing I knew, the bag of gray powder was flying by my left ear and into the circle, where it landed at the stranger's feet, steel sealed. He, in turn, stared at it for a moment before saying quietly, I don't even know what that is. Ah! Laszlo yelled in a mix of fear and frustration. I command you! No, you don't. You tried to cheat. Take a few shortcuts. 
You can get away with that sort of thing with the small stuff, but for me, that's a deal breaker. All bets are off. The stranger raised his nose and took a sniff. You smell like old Pavel and a litter box, but mostly like old Pavel. That git had me running errands for decades. His voice took on a darker tone. Took a long time for me to get to him. And here you are, giving yourself to me on a silver salver. Almost makes up for it. With dramatic slowness and a crooked smile, he stepped out of the circle and passed me towards Laszlo. The would-be wizard screamed as the stranger said, I think it's time to go see Grandpa. I don't even know how to describe the sound I heard next. All I know is that it came with a hot, wet wind at my back, and the sound of Laszlo's pleading seeming to fade into the distance. I was terrified. Too scared to move, I knelt there and waited until everything went silent. Then I waited a minute or two more. Sure that I was alone, I breathed a huge sigh of relief. Now, what do we do about you? My blood went cold. He was still there, standing right behind me. Somehow I was able to choke out as I rose to my feet. Nothing? He stepped back into the circle to face me directly. I know this was all your friend's fault. And I could see in his mind how he tricked you. Dirty pool, that. But... You did want me to be here, and that makes you part of the show. I can't simply let you walk away unscathed. It would be bad for my reputation. You understand? Perhaps an interesting disease is in order, or a trip to the asylum, what do you say? I did the only thing I could think to do. I raised my hands and made the signs as they were on the webpage, and began to recite the banishing ritual. Strange tingling ran up my spine to the back of my head, and out to my hands as the air around them seemed to electrify. In the circle, the air turned a pale green as the stranger looked at me first in surprise, then with a laughing delight like a child who had seen a magic show trick. He began to crumble as he laughed giving me a little wave with his free hand before finally turning into a swirl of black dust, and then to nothing. I looked about the room as it returned to normal. Laszlo was gone. So was his book. I didn't bother to call out for him. I, I knew he wouldn't answer. All I did was grab my shirt and run out of the front door. I've never told a soul what happened that night. When the police came around asking questions, I told them I had left his house early. They never found him. Officially, he's a runaway. That was the end of all that. Except for the envelope, without a return address that came in the mail about a week later. The only thing inside was a card made of expensive paper, on which was written in an elegant cursive, Be seeing you.
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. True Scary Story is a podcast about personal, terrifying stories dealing with the paranormal. True accounts from people who live through strange and supernatural experiences told directly by them. My name is Edwin Covarrubias, and for years I have been listening to stories from people who have shared their most frightening true experiences with me. There was one story recently called There's Something in the Closet, where Juanita tells us about her experiences growing up in a house where she would see objects physically move on their own, but the rest of her family would act as if nothing was happening. It wasn't until years later that she found out what the source of it all was, which makes me wonder... If you were to witness a haunting, who would believe you? Come find True Scary Story by typing it into your app right now. I'll see you over there on True Scary Story. I hope you enjoyed Laszlo's book by Sean Kelly. Up next, we've got another terrifying tale for you from author Tobias Wade. But first, I'd like to tell you a bit more about Robin Hood. The investing app that allows everyone, not just the wealthy or experienced, to buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptocurrencies, all commission-free. That's right. Whereas other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees at all. None at all. You can trade stocks to your heart's content and keep all of your profits. Robinhood also makes getting your feet wet in the world of investing simple with their intuitive, user-friendly app and website with a clear design that presents pertinent data in an easy-to-digest way so you don't miss a thing without the clutter and steep learning curve of intimidating investment software. With Robinhood, easy-to-understand charts and market data are right at your fingertips so you can invest for the first or the 100th time with total confidence. It's so easy to use, in fact, that you can place a trade with just four taps on your smartphone. If this old storyteller can do it, anyone can. With Robinhood, you learn by doing. There are no complex tutorials, no mile-long manuals. You gain experience investing as you build your portfolio. Personalized news feeds allow you to easily discover new stocks, plus track the performance of your favorite companies, while custom notifications alert you in real time to price movements so you never miss out on an opportunity to invest. Not only that, but Robinhood's web-based platform allows you to view collections of stocks, including curated lists of the 100 most popular 
or see them categorized by entertainment, social media, and more. In every imaginable way, Robinhood strives to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy. So whether it's your first time investing or you're a seasoned professional, Robinhood makes it easy to make decisions so you can get started making trades without second-guessing and without commission fees cutting into your proceeds. And don't forget, Robinhood is giving our listeners a totally free stock to help you get started building your portfolio. To sign up, simply visit them today at simplyscary.robinhood.com to let them know that the Simply Scary podcast sent you. Again, that's simplyscary.robinhood.com. Now, without further ado, turn those lights down low. Double check beneath your bed. Not necessarily in that order. <laughs> oh, we've got another terrifying tale for you. Our second tale tonight is written by Tobias Wade and performed by Ian Bryan. If you'd like to hear more of author Tobias Wade, the author invites you to visit his website at TobiasWade.com. That's Tobias, T-O-B-I-A-S, Wade, W-A-D-E, dot com. There, you'll find more information about him and links to his social media, where you can follow him and connect. Or search for him on Amazon.com, where his many story collections are now available for your enjoyment. Without further ado, I present to you Tobias Wade's tale, The Diary of My Life That I Didn't Write. I'm the type of guy who will swerve across three lanes of traffic without hesitation because I spotted a sign for a garage sale. Doesn't matter if I don't need anything. Doesn't matter if there are three other people in the car with busy lives of their own and no interest in digging through someone else's trash. Garage sales are like a magical dimension where anything is possible and reality is only a suggestion. An entire sofa for $50? No problem. They're just happy for someone to get rid of it. Grandpa's medals from the war? Well, who's he trying to impress now? The literal Holy Grail? Why not? It's gotta be somewhere. Some dude's kid was probably eating cereal out of it. But by far the strangest thing I ever discovered in years of hunting was a little black notebook bound with leather straps. When I noticed there was writing inside, I snuck behind a big stack of old garden chairs to snoop mercilessly through someone's personal life. The erotic short story of a bored housewife? Maybe the daughter's scandalous journal full of young love and heartbreak. It's a garage sale, baby. It's all fair game. I was immediately disappointed upon closer inspection. The first few entries were composed of big, blocky letters like a child might write. A day at the pool, the stuff he learned in class, the new friends he met at the park. I was quickly losing interest and was about to return the notebook when I realized I recognized the person he was talking about. Devin was my best friend in the third grade. We used to build pillow forts in his parents' house. And there it was, the next entry talking about the fort, about the secret passage we made in the back so his cat could still visit when the door was closed. 
It had been years and years since I had last thought about it. But how did this guy get my diary? I wasn't even in the same state that I grew up in anymore. I watched the homeowner suspiciously while he bartered over an old TV. Clean face, slightly balding, broad smile. Nothing out of the ordinary. I considered asking him about it, but decided it was too personal to explain. I slipped the notebook into my pocket and stood to leave. It couldn't have been stealing if it belonged to me, right? As I headed for my car parked in the street, I heard him call after me. Couldn't find anything you liked? I gave him my best straight face and shook my head. Oh, plenty I liked, nothing I needed. It's hard to tell what we're going to need until we need it. Take care now. I was gone without even looking back. Too impatient to drive all the way home, I stopped in a coffee shop around the corner and continued perusing this bizarre discovery. Flipping through the book, I noticed the handwriting slowly refine as it progressed until it identically matched my own. It wasn't just a childhood relic. The entries spanned over the course of years. It seemed impossible that I could have kept this for so long without any memory of it. There was no denying it was mine, though, complete with my fleeting obsession over a girl in one of my college classes. I was too shy to talk to her, so I'd just sit in the row behind and daydream the hour away. She dropped out a few weeks later, and I missed my chance of ever saying hello. I was so embarrassed by my ineptitude that I never breathed a word about her to anyone. And yet, here she was, immortalized on paper in my own hand. So why didn't I remember writing it? The farther I got through the book, the more unsettling that question became. The writing became sloppier as though rushed. The entries became short and far between, just a few lines per month. I could still recognize the events of my past, but the language became darker than I was expecting. Should I just kill her? <laughs> Next break is easily as hard. Maybe easier. She didn't love me. She can't love anyone but herself. I'd spare the next sucker she decided to fuck a lot of pain if I just killed her now. That was written about my ex-fiancee. Only a few months ago. The breakup was stressful for both of us, but we'd parted on good terms. Sure, there was some lingering resentment and disappointment, and I'd had some pretty nasty thoughts about her, but I'd never considered something like that. My diary said otherwise. She gets home late on Tuesday and Thursdays, it read. 10.30 p.m. at the bus stop. She's got two blocks to walk, and there won't be any people around. All I've got to do is take her purse, and it'll look like a mucking gone wrong. No one will ever know. <laughs> the next few pages were hard to read. I kept glancing over my shoulder in paranoia, as though someone in the coffee shop would read over my shoulder and call the police. I moved to a corner table, which had opened up, and continued reading. It was even easier than I expected. She didn't look up from her phone even when I was right behind her. One hand under the jaw, 
the other on the top of her head, and one quick motion, I can still hear the splinter and crack. Like stomping on dry wood, except for the wet, sucking sound of separating vertebra. I stopped reading and looked away. For a second, I thought I could remember what it sounded like. But it might have been the power of suggestion. I pulled out my phone to text her and make sure she was okay. But I changed my mind at the absurdity of it. I flipped ahead to the last page containing writing. It was dated yesterday. It was supposed to be easier this way. I thought killing her would be the end, but I'm thinking about her more than ever. Every face is her reflection. Every smile is near. Every voice heavy with accusation. I think I'm going to go insane if I can't get her out of my head. I want to forget. I need to forget. And yet if I do, how much of me will disappear with her? Need to forget. Those words rang like a bell in my mind. As I was leaving the garage sale, the man said it's hard to tell what we're going to need until we need it. It had to be a coincidence, or maybe I just needed it to be. I scanned every page until the end of the notebook, but they were all blank. I picked up my phone and called my ex. The ringing seemed to go on for an eternity, but it was only three repetitions before it connected. I asked if she was there, my voice catching in my throat. There was crying on the other line, not a snippled apology. I recognized the voice as her mother's. She's gone. Last week. Please, don't call this number again. The call ended abruptly. The coffee shop suddenly felt much louder than it had a second ago. The sound of the cash register opening made me jump. People seemed to shout at one another across the room. I stumbled outside and the traffic was like a hurricane whirling around me. Then to my car, lurching into the street with a chorus of horns, shaking me to the bone. I didn't slow down until I slammed to a stop at the garage sale once more. All the other prospective buyers had gone home. It was just the homeowner, sitting there in an old garden chair facing the street. He wasn't reading or doing anything, just sitting there and waiting. He smiled as though expecting me when I got out of the car. Forget something? He asked, his voice coy. I didn't kill her, I blurted out. I hadn't intended to say that. I don't know what I intended to say, but it, it wasn't that. He only left. <laughs> Why not? Because I'm a good person. We both are. Were. Whatever. It, it didn't go like that. How did it go then? He asked, casually reaching under his chair. Like this, maybe? He produced a small stack of notebooks, each a different color. He opened the red one seemingly at random and began to read. Love survives. Love endures. There was once a time when we fought a lot. 
But in fighting, we learned more about each other than we ever did in the easy times. We showed each other our deepest insecurities and vulnerabilities. We gave the other the power to destroy us. And we loved each other for our mercy. I liked her because of her virtues. But I loved her because of her faults. Because I knew she trusted me enough not to hide herself from me. What? What's that supposed to be? I asked. I'd been moving closer while he read until I was only a few feet away. You were working on your wedding vows. Don't worry. It was just a first draft. Here, take it. He handed me the red notebook. I snatched it suspiciously as though the man was taking me hostage and just offered me his gun. I immediately flipped to the end and saw my handwriting with yesterday's date once more. One does nags, diapers, not that plastic crap, garden hose. What the hell is this? Things your wife wanted you to pick up on your way home. You'll find her waiting for you if you go now. Or maybe you'd prefer the blue notebook. You never met her at all because you went back to finish your Ph.D. Is that what you want? My face must have betrayed my confusion. Because he laughed again. <laughs> A lot of folks think that they can only affect their present because that's all they see. But every second you're alive, you're only making more past. Keep that in mind next time you make a decision. Is this the past I want to live with someday? He offered me his open hand to take the red notebook back, but I clutched it to my chest. I turned away without another word, gripping the notebook so tightly that the cover cut into my fingers. I was scared to think what might happen if I spent any more time here. And besides, my wife was at home, and I wasn't going to keep her waiting forever. This is your host, Otis Jiry, thanking you for joining us for tonight's celebration of the Sinister. Thanks again to today's sponsor, Robinhood, for their support of this show. Don't forget, as a listener, Robinhood is giving our listeners a free stock, such as Apple, Ford, or Sprint, to help build your portfolio. Sign up now at simplyscary.robinhood.com. Once more, that's simplyscary.robinhood.com. And of course, don't forget to join us again next time when we once again dive deep into the minds of the most unsettling authors and breathe life into the most unholy of horrors in this, our theater of the mind. Until then, if your lights suddenly go out and you find yourself chilled to the bone, looking over your shoulder, there's no need to run for cover. You may just be experiencing... The Simply Scary Podcast. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I'm Steve Taylor, and you've been listening to The Simply Scary Podcast, a production of Chilling Entertainment and the creative team at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights, and a proud member of the Simply Scary Podcasts Network. Visit simplyscarypodcast.com today to learn more about our network and our other amazing storytelling programs. Tonight's episode was written by Craig Roshek and performed by special guests Jason Hill, host of the Horror Hill podcast, and Otis Jiry, 
host of scary stories told in the dark. Visit us at ChillingTalesForDarkNights.com today to support this program by becoming a patron. In addition to helping us out, you'll get exclusive access to premium extended versions of our episodes, our audio archive, and ad-free downloads of all of your favorite stories, including those you've heard today. The host of the Simply Scary podcast is GM Danielson. Selected stories have been adapted with the kind permission of their respective authors. Original music for the program was produced by Luke Hodgkinson and Jesse Cornett. Sound design and final mixing and mastering are overseen by the executive producer and director, Craig Groshek, with production of individual stories by members of our talented sound design team. Artwork for the show's episodes by David Romero. For more information about the authors, performers, and artists involved in the production of this and our other episodes, visit our website today. Got a scary story of your own that you'd like performed? We take submissions. Email it to us today at submissions at simplyscarypodcast.com to have your terrifying tale considered for production in a future episode of this show. If you enjoyed what you heard on tonight's program and are joining us on your favorite podcast app, Subscribe to us to be sure you never miss an episode and leave us a five-star review and a comment. Your feedback means a lot to us. You can also follow Chilling Tales for Dark Nights on Facebook to connect anytime and get the latest updates on this and our other programs. If you're listening on the Chilling Tales for Dark Nights YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button and the bell notification icon to get more spooky tales from us and another episode of this program each and every Tuesday. And don't forget to hit that thumbs up button and tell us how we're doing and leave a comment. Until next week, listeners, turn off the lights and turn on the dark. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today.